Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you will save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on this episode, we have got to discuss the best pitching performance so far of this and for your Colorado Rockies in a 3-1 to win over the Oakland A's. Antonio Senzatella, sensational, goes the distance, completes the game, uh, despite looking a little bit shaky early on. And not only does he have the best game of his season and of the Rockies season from a starting pitching standpoint, but also that's right, Will, the Denver Nuggets have also defeated the LA Clippers in game seven of the Western Conference semifinals. Absolute madness down at the DNVR bar right now. I'm sure those guys celebrating a huge, huge win for the Nuggets. But also here, we got to talk about this for the Rockies. This is big. If you're clinging on to hope for this season, and there's really no reason why you shouldn't be. The, the offseason is going to go however it's going to go either way. But if you if you were, this was a gigantic, enormous, big, huge win that they needed. It keeps them in the hunt. Uh, they improved now, uh, improved to 22 and 25. I was kind of surprised when I checked the standings this morning to find out that the Colorado Rockies are only two games out of a playoff spot. That means you're a good week or a good half a week uh, or somebody else having a bad week away from being right in this thing. Of course, they've got to get wins, but they've also got to get those big performances. And tonight, they of the season out of Antonio Senzatella. Absolutely phenomenal pitching job from this young man who we've been talking about going back to spring training, year 25 season. He, he had developed his pitches. He had tweaked his mechanics. He had tweaked his body. He had gotten into the best shape of his life. I know it's a cliche, but it was 100% true and something that absolutely needed to be done. It's all come together this year for Antonio Senzatella, who goes nine innings, gives up six hits, just the one earned run, and really was the walk, only walk that he surrendered in the game, but it led off the inning there in the second and ended up coming around to score on him. And that was a little bit rough. But beyond that, he limited the hard contact. He was able to dance around a rounded Oakland A's lineup for the entire game. And he was able to make sure that Bud Black didn't even have to consider going his bolt at any point tonight. Didn't have to worry about who's got what or mixed match and this. And, oh, my God, here we go. Is this the one time that Bard gives up the home run or – or, you know, is it Givens gives up the home run? Who knows what Almonte Estevez? You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Senzatella gets the job done, locks it down, finishes the game. That is huge, huge stuff, especially when you're able to do so at Coors Field. According to Baseball Savant, 
Antonio Sensatello has hit hard one, two, three, four, five, six times in the game. Hit hard six. There's only one, two, three of those were over 100 miles an hour. So, you know, a couple of those over 95, but only times did he give up contact of over 100 miles an hour. So while you might be going, hey, check it, you know, he only got the three strikeouts. We've, we've been seeing more swing and miss. And we saw swing and miss out there tonight. Absolutely. It just wasn't always for the final out. He got a couple of big double plays. Got a huge defensive help from Garrett Hampson there late, which was uh, just a remarkable, remarkable play. But uh, And, yes, I believe Joseph Will has answered your, your question correctly that Marquez in San Francisco was the last time that a Colorado Rockies pitcher has pitched a complete game. And, of course, that was a one-hit shutout. Here, Sensatella not able to get the shutout. A little bit of bad luck there, you know, but when the one run that you give up give up in the game comes in on a sack fly and it's, you know, a walk single sack fly, it's not like you've been knocked around or anything. At no point did you think that a ball was going to get out of the yard. Any of that stuff. He was dancing all over the strike zone with the good fastball, painting the edges. In fact, and again, I won't make a huge deal out of it, but he was getting pretty well squeezed all night. He wasn't getting the benefit of the doubt on the edges, but he was able to stay on them, which is a huge, huge thing for a guy to be able to do, not get away from yourself, not get frustrated by the calls that you're not getting, stay on the edges, not give in and start throwing in the middle of the strike zone because you feel like that's the only kind of call you're going to get. Didn't do any of that. Stayed on the edges, stayed diligent, stayed inside of his game plan. And because of that, K. Carr asking what was the final pitch count. Uh, let me double check. I'm, I'm sure I've got it right here. Uh, 109. I, oh, hey, there he, there he is. There he is. 109 pitches okay. for the Antonio Senzatella. All right, smart guy. And how about that <laughs> pitch? Got, I, how about pitch number 104? I was going to say, give, give me your report on pitch 104, please. All right. Well, that was a 96.4 mile per hour fastball against former Colorado Rockies outfielder. Mark Canna, and I say former because he was a Rocky for all of 12 uh, yeah. seconds uh, in right. the time between he was selected in the 2015 Rule 5 draft and the time in which he was immediately then dealt to Oakland for, I think, a bag of baseballs. But right. uh, it was a valuable bag of baseballs right. that has provided a lot of value to the Colorado Rockies. Nevertheless, Antonio Sensatella. Tapia got a lot of batting practice out of those things. Was fantastic. Exactly. And that, that pitch was over a mile per hour more than his next highest fastball. That's insane. That is insane. A pitch 104. That's, he, I mean, he, he dialed it up. Like they, they talk about yeah. reaching back for a little extra. And sometimes that sounds like some baseball mumbo jumbo that people like you and I say, or like an old wives tale, you know, a thing that we tell our children like, yeah, but then in the ninth inning, he found he threw the fastest pitch he had thrown all game. I was like, no, he did. He reached down inside of himself after having already thrown 103 pitches in the game and threw maybe his best one of 
of the night and, and, and it was remarkable for just his third strikeout also like <laughs> just that was that was a time to unleash something like that and so he is of course as i've been going on and on among all of these other things your draft king of the game and you've got to remember to use that promo code dnvr over at the DraftKings sportsbook app there it is really really phenomenal stuff uh, as stat line's a little, it's close, close enough there on that graphic. Uh, I saw nine innings pitched. I saw three yeah. Ks. I don't know what yeah. you were looking at, Drew. Is it? We're we're getting ready for it. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> it's like that. That ninth inning was so surprising. In fact, absolutely, and, and it really was. It yeah, it, it was remarkably like that. He even decided to, to go with him and not send out the closer. Uh, just what a development for this young man. Yeah, and this is his second win over Oakland, too, because if you remember, he's the Game 4 starter, uh, number 4 starter in the rotation. They had three games against Texas to open the season. Then they went to Oakland and swept the A's. So now that's three in a row against the AL West-leading Oakland Athletics. And Antonio Senzatella has you know two of those victories. Uh, of course, that... That first start back in July was was a five inning a performance uh, where he, he gave up two runs, and you know he's, you know you, we we said at the beginning of the season you wrote the article about it, uh, and in the game recap of course I, I did link that because, Sensatella was the top pitcher of the staff that was the most pivotal guy of the definitive five the guy that hey if this rotation. Uh, is going to have any chance of contending. They're going to need big production out of their number four starter. They needed at a number three in Kyle Freeland too, and it's real. That he he was almost a, a cherry to be picked, and it was. You're going out on a big limb saying Kyle Freeland needs to be huge for the Rockies to be successful. No, right. that's why we excluded him from that. But you wrote that article about Senzatella, and if if you can recall back to some of those things, and we've been talking about it all season. What was so pivotal about Senzatella's season? What was it about this make-or-break season that he needed to do? And ultimately, do you feel like he's done it so far here in 2020? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think so. I think he was just a, a guy at the a young crossroads, but a crossroads in his career. You're coming into your physical prime. He'd been defined for three years by one pitch and by you know an ability to get a decent amount of success with that pitch, but a limited amount of success with it. And that he so dedicated himself to the craft of developing the breaking stuff, getting his body in shape and coming out and proving that he didn't want to be one of those guys that just gets locked in ether and becomes, you know, a solid nine year career, but he ends up as a middle reliever for most of it. Any of that nonsense. He, you know, and he very easily could have gone that direction. And I think if the Rockies would have cut, Antonio Sensatella before this year, the majority of the fan base might have been like, yeah, okay, whatever. That guy's fine. You know, he's fine. That's what he'd that's what he'd been. And I just I just saw so much more in there. And it, you know, sometimes a, a guy finds it and taps into it, and, and sometimes they don't, but I think absolutely Sensatella's tapped into it. I don't think it's an accident that he's putting up these numbers. And there's always back and forth. The league will adjust a little bit to these better breaking pitches that he has and this new game plan that he has, but he's a fundamentally and in every way 
better pitcher than he was ago. Full stop. He has been, and you know he he had he's had those glimpses in the in the previous three seasons. You know, it's twenty five years old. You go, wow, that's crazy. That right now he's in his fourth season, and that ultimately we have to discuss the the fact that he's going to be a free agent following the twenty twenty two season. Like that's that's right around the corner. John Gray is a free agent after twenty twenty one. And, you know, Gray's close enough where he could sniff free agency. And I think after what Senzatella has been doing right now, he can really taste free agency. And I think if, if the Rockies are, are ever going to agree to a deal with him, it's going to have to be now or, or immediately uh, in the offseason. I think that price has probably gone up a lot. Um, but it, I still feel like the Rockies can get a very – you know, solid deal and, you know, with how loyal they are to their players and how loyal players are to them and how appreciative uh, they can be to the organization, I still feel like it can be very much a win-win deal for Senzatella and his family as well as the Colorado Rockies because, uh, as you mentioned, he would have made them pay uh, had he gone to another team in, in a much different way, not financially, but just in regret. And now he's kind of blossomed into that guy. And you know what? Maybe you know, hear, hear Richard saying, if you give him a Marquez-like deal, I think in a lot of ways you have to. And which is interesting because he's I think not minus as good. 5 or 10%, but, but he's close He's not as to. good as Herman Marquez. Yet. But he might. market right. now. Right. He might be. But the bottom but line he's, is he's, he's a little bit closer to free agency. So yeah. you're going to have to pay a little bit more for that. Uh, Marquez was signed to an incredibly team-friendly deal much earlier on uh, in, in his you know process and in, in, in being years away from free agency. So basically, Senzatella has that much more leverage. So yeah, you may have to pay him the same thing as Marquez, and that's going to be you know an interesting... It'll be funny. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see how that negotiation goes. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it was for the exact same dollar amount, but at the end of the day, Senzatella, I think, will be making more money because you know Marquez is his value right now is tamped down since you know this would have only been his first year of arbitration and really Marquez starts making more money during those option years later on so i think the money will be the same but overall you may end up be paying more for Marquez uh, on an annual basis even though he will not be the ace of the staff but what you will have is a guy you know that can pitch at Coors Field, since he's come back, what is that from, worth? What is that worth on that the, on the exactly free market? Right. What is that worth? Yeah, I mean, think about how much you would have to pay just for the sheer conjecture of, man. All right, if we're gonna go ahead and, and bring Max Scherzer here as a thirty-eight-year-old guy, how much money would you have to pay that guy? A guy that you're not—you don't know if, obviously, he's at the end of his his career. Is he going to be able to do it at Coors Field? You don't know. And now Antonio Senzatella is not as good as Max Scherzer, but in Coors Field, all bets are off. He's been able to do it. And since he's been uh, back from his demotion back on July 21st, where he went down to AAA to work on some things for a month, uh, he's now 4-0 at Coors Field, uh, an ERA under three. And, you know, he, he's not going to be able to continue that forever, just like Kyle Freeland uh, isn't going to be able to, to pitch to a, a, a near two ERA at home like he did in 2018, but Antonio Senzatella is a guy you need to lock up, and you're going to need to be a linchpin of this rotation, even if it is 
as a number three guy in the rotation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and Will makes a great point that that does eventually lead to a very interesting decision with Gray. And maybe, you know, if he has a, a down year, you can capitalize and, and sign him for cheap because it does start to, you, you know, you start running out of money at some point, uh, having no idea what the future, obviously, of Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story are. Those are the big ticket items you got to be worried about because you can't afford to keep this rotation around if you decide you like it, they're not going to be that expensive. Like they're not like they're, these aren't like Patrick was saying, it's they're not Max Scherzer and, and these other guys and Justin Berlander. And, and so, but they are a proven commodity for your very particular problem that you've never had before. And I'm saying, so going back to the question of if Sensatella has really made this next leap, that then means you have four of them. For these dudes who have on their resume ability to pitch at Coors Field, which in the grand history of your ballpark makes five. <laughs> Shout out, Jorge. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you bought on Joey's Chesteen will give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, right. there are guys who've navigated it for a minute or two. And so yeah. it would be early for me to throw Sensatella in there. But at 25. That's the that's the thing. That's where you get overly excited about Sensatella. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, and and you can throw now that whole starting four pitching rotation and say, all right, let's fix the rest of the team. And I and I think that that's also an interesting place to be in as well. Uh, like I said, whether the Rockies make the postseason or not that off-season question becomes exactly the same if you're starting rotation, you can feel this confident in. It, it looks exactly the same. The one big thing will be, how unhappy is the star third baseman? Do you need to do something there? Other than that, the rest of the questions just are what they are. you got to fix the bullpen. you got to get offensive depth. you got to leave your starting rotation alone because that kid can twirl it. So Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That, that's precisely right, is that, you have to minimize the amount of issues. Yes, no one is going to look at the Rockies rotation ever. Just ever. Let's just face that. <laughs> right. Will ever look at the Rockies rotation and go, damn, they got some dudes. No, it's an impossibility. But what you, you can have is um, competency. That is what the Rockies so frequently do not have. And it's so hard. It's not fair. It's you know, I, I've I'm critical of a lot of the things that um, ownership and the front office have done, uh, and we, we've touched on those things and we'll continue to touch on it this offseason. But, you know, the, the one thing that, that you've mentioned so frequently, Drew, it, it, that's just the truth, is they're at an unfair disadvantage. And the best thing that they can do is in those certain areas, particularly starting pitching and in the bullpen, is just be competent, right? And with Senzatella and Marquez, you have a lot of competency. Kyle Freeland as well. He's back. He's back on track. You have one year of John Gray, so you're not sure. But still, that's three dudes right there that you can lock up at a reasonable rate. And you, you've shored up you know, a major question mark that has been a question mark for the entire 28 years of the Colorado Rockies. So that's that's a huge piece and allows them to focus on other areas and take their prospects and, and say, you know what, do what you will. Uh, let's see if we can acquire those needs that, that we have. And 
you know, it, it's, it got a lot brighter. The, the future got a lot brighter. Again, it's hard to say when you're just talking about a competitive starting pitcher uh, and a competent one, but uh, nevertheless, the, the future is a little bit brighter with this complete game performance by Antonio Cinzatella. And you guys are doing a fantastic job in, in the comments spot on, on a day in which both Colorado teams end up coming away with a victory. Two for two. The Nuggets get it done in a major way against L.A., where the Clippers can go ahead and they can take their stylized L on the way out, their, their red and blue L on the way out, as the Nuggets are now headed to the Western Conference Finals. Unbelievable unbelievable what, what they've been able to do and it's it's a little icing on the cake that the Rockies have now you know uh, had this victory tonight uh, against the first place athletics and you know you're you're, you're able to have two victories uh, on the same night it, it, it's pretty great Drew I, I guess technically your mom's still right because the Broncos did lose last night so we're going to count that I think that's what happened because they that. never lose in openers <laughs> at mile high. So that was an yeah. extra bit like there was, was a sign, extra bit of mojo. Yeah, it was a sign. You should have loaded up on DraftKings on the Rockies tonight, on the Nuggets tonight. And I'm sure most of you did because you guys are smart out there. Yeah, you, you, you guys know what's up. So, Patrick, I have got to since we, we did plenty of, of loving on uh, Antonio Sensatella as well. We should pitch what the hell of a ball game. You got other things you love? I got to give a toast because it's Breck Brew time. I got to toast this Hot Peak IPA because I am out of the Avalanche Amber. So I've been really enjoying that lately. I'm toasting this to your boy, and we'll get to that in just a minute here. But, of course, I've got to mention that my favorite place to get this type of here beer is down at the farmhouse. Really fantastic situation, whether you're going and getting some open and socially distanced, beautiful location, eating, dining right outside in the farmhouse, or you want to call and just get a curbside pickup order from noon to eight and call 303-803-1380 noon to 8 PM. Use that code DNVR. You save five bucks off both the food and the drink. And then you too can toast to the man that I asked the manager about before the game today. And my question was, at the same time, simple and incredibly complicated, which was how Bud Black immediately responded. And that's a trademark of yours, Drew. Yeah. Simple, <laughs> but elegant, <clears throat> defined and refined. You know, I, 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 right. And the question was, from a process standpoint, how has Josh Fuentes gone from being undrafted to a guy who you feel comfortable putting into the lineup every day, what he's doing on both sides of the ball, and just the steadiness of his heartbeat in these games? And, and yeah, but he started with, you know, well, there could be a really long answer to that, but I'll, I'll give you my best and... Uh, you know, basically just pointing to the fact that Josh Fuentes loves the game of baseball so much and just wants to be great at it. And there's really no replacement for that. There's a, there's natural athleticism and talent there too, but his drive 
and passion and love for the game. And he has been a boon, a, a, a diamond in the rough, a single ray of sunshine through a cloudy storm of darkness in 2020 for the Colorado Rockies. No two ways about it. And he's, he's earned every bit of that. Now the, you know, for, for those who might not know the backstory, the only thing Nolan Arenado did for his cousin, uh, newsflash, uh, was just say, Hey, take a look at this guy. He's, he's a good ball player. Yeah. He's, he's my cousin, but he's, he's a good ball player. Um, you know, it, it, it just done well out of, Missouri Baptist University, I, I believe, at, uh, just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. So a uh, very small NAIA school. And they took a look at him and said, all right, man, he's got something there. You know, we'll, we'll start him, obviously, at the bottom rung. And you got a, you got a long way to go until you get to the majors. For every, every guy that Josh Fuentes, you know, that, that gets vouched for uh, by somebody else, you have a guy that's the third overall, excuse me, the fourth overall pick like Riley Pint who's still yet to even scratch double A. You know, the, the Rockies right. and, and all 30 MLB teams have had those players that, man, they were just earmarked for stardom, and they never even made it to the majors. Mark Appel was twice drafted in the first round, was drafted first overall, and retired at like 26 years old because it yeah. just wasn't happening for him. So, Arnado vouched for him. They said, yeah, sure, whatever. We'll, we'll give him a jersey. He, he seems competent enough. And he, you know, was grinding his way for a couple years. Nearly even gave it up in high A with the Modesto Nuts, and it slowly started to click for him. And he, you know, he wasn't really a dude until he got to Double A and had a really fantastic underrated season at Hartford in, in 2017. Still didn't really, you know, raise any eyebrows and and really uh, get much notice whatsoever uh, unless you lived in Hartford and actually. Right. Yeah, and and actually, the whaling community was really into it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a big fan base in Connecticut for for Josh Fuentes. Uh, In fact, there's a there's a guy out there, and and uh, Alan Alan Cohen. I'll give him a shout out. Uh, He's he's a a big Saber member, and he writes a lot of bios uh, for players. You know, from going all the way back to the late 1800s. And I've you know had had conversations with him. I said, no, I got dibs on Josh Fuentes when his career is over. I am writing the Sabre bio of Josh Fuentes. And that's that's one of his all-time favorite yard goat player. And, and Cohen, is, he's one of the scorekeepers. He works for the yard goats. So uh, yeah. I'm going to have to battle him for it. But it wasn't until 2018 that he finally, and it still was a national, um, but the Rockies fan base started to take notice. And, and I got to see him firsthand and just draw dropping over and over again, seeing these defensive plays. And you see those mannerisms about how, you know, much he looks like Arenado, and but more importantly, he's able to produce like that. Not not so much. Well, and now that and home runs. now that everyone and but now that everyone in the Rockies, I love this because it's, yeah. it's 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 happening with Tapia right now too. So like the guy that I saw yeah. that I said for years, he does this thing, and it's very difficult to explain. He does it, and he's always doing it, and it's just a nightmare for other people. And he had another infield hit off the pitcher tonight. You know, stuff like that. And you, you know, you come back and you say, Fuentes does these things. How do I describe them? Well, people out there, now that you've seen it, how would you describe it? You know how you feel about the difference between the defense at first base when he's in there versus the defense when Daniel Murphy is in there? 
yeah. And and so that like that that it's playing out like that for him is just it's really incredible. But yeah, it's like these these things that you were saying, seeing, and saying, and and bringing to us. I mean, you 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 put the gold glove capability on this kid before anyone had seen him play at the majors before, and it's not looking like such a silly proclamation at this point. Another couple of fantastic defensive plays out there tonight. If you if you catch me at the DNVR bar, pull me aside and remind me and say, Patrick, what what did Josh Fuentes say in 2018 when he was a lowly third baseman for the Albuquerque Isotopes in his first year at AAA before he had won you know the Rookie of the Year award in in the PCL and was the MVP and is contributing on the major league level like he is now. What did he say in regards to how good his defense was when compared with, at the time, five-time consecutive gold glover Nolan Arenado? Pull me aside, and I will tell you what his answer was. But suffice to say, he believed in himself. And anyone who saw him play, you know, Kevin Collins is, is a guy yeah. that we've, we've had on here, uh, a member of the Isotopes family. He got him to see him play throughout the entire 2018 season. And, you know, when you see guys play, you know, there is sometimes there's uh, an ability that you can't really put a finger on or uh, the descriptors don't, don't do the job very well, or the stats don't really do the job well. And that's, that's the job of, of a scout. And I'm by no means uh, a big league scout. Um, I think we kind of all know a a great ball player when we see one, but, uh, before Fuentes really caught fire that 2018, uh, maybe maybe I just caught him at the right time, or or maybe uh, that ability was just there for me. I was just able to to pinpoint it and, and really recognize the fact that he had this kind of it factor even before he he was hitting you know 18 home runs that season and, and driving in all those runs. He was doing a lot of little things well, and you go, man, if he continues to do all those consistently, because that's that's the other thing that. There are guys down in, in low A that you could watch and go, man, if he can control that fastball, or wow, if he can get that slider, you know, mm-hmm. if he could if he could really start to, to pinpoint that, even with those two pitches, this guy can be a closer. And again, they never make it to the majors because it's about that consistency. Consistency. And if, if you want to talk about, you know, for, if you forget about the baseball talent in that Arenado family, the one thing that they do have is a consistency. Right. Ron Arenado's numbers are there. Every single year, and and Josh Fuentes, it's going to be the exact same thing because there's a consistency there uh, at at the plate, and as we've seen with the glove, and he makes the entire infield defense better. And you know, I'm, I'm not going to give sure him credit does. for the plays that Garrett Hampson made tonight, but how great well. did he <laughs> in the field? He yeah, looked yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, he, yeah, he gets all the credit for those ones that, that yes, he, he got his own. Those were those were absolutely fantastic, and. He needed it. I think he'd been in a little bit of a rut lately uh, and been doing stuff. Still isn't locked into the plate. Had a couple of tough at-bats. There was a minute early where, where the Rockies didn't get a run after the Josh Fuentes leadoff double. Um, and and then there was a strikeout. And, um, and he was and over two or two Fuentes strikeouts and, before yeah. he made that great play. Then laid down a bunt single. Then laid down a bunt. MLB it. leading sixth bunt single. I love those. I love them. Love it so much, and I know people get, you know, whatever about it. But since you mentioned the consistency thing, Patrick, it, it did remind me as we're since we're talking about 
you know, our, our guys, especially the, the, the two guys that you and I have been most sort of proselytizing for. And I, I had mentioned Rymel Tapia. Uh, and I don't think I had mentioned this stat on the podcast yet. And I was hoping I could do a real quick update here on baseball reference. I'm not sure. Let's see. Did he get on base yesterday? Yeah. Okay. So, well, there's only three games since he's taken over the leadoff spot. I'm going to say now they've played 30. I'm trying to do this. Only three in which he hasn't gotten on base. Wow. And that, you know, my favorite stat about Rymal Tapi when he was in the minors was this, and it was such a convoluted stat. It would be difficult to get people to sit still long enough to hear it out or, or, or get, again, to your point about why in baseball this is such a phenomenon. Rymal Tapia and the minors over like six seasons never went four consecutive games without a base hit. Never went four consecutive games without a base hit. And he only went three straight games without a base hit a handful of times, less than five. I, I, don't, I don't have it memorized anymore. It's been a few years. But basically, if he went two straight games without a hit in game three, he had a 90% chance of getting a base hit. And if he didn't get a base hit in game three, there was literally, and this is a, a phrase you don't get to use in baseball, a 100% chance he would get a hit in game four. And right now at the major league level, since he's taken over as the leadoff hit for the Colorado Rockies, he is on such a stretch. Like he's not hitting 400 and he's not hitting a bunch of home runs, but he hasn't gone two straight games without a hit. In fact, he hasn't gone two straight games. In fact, he's gone 30 games and only three times has he not been on base. Yeah, you, you can't really argue with, with with those numbers right there. And you know, he's he's really improved his game in, in such a major way, especially being able to to take those walks. And you know, we we saw the the Kansas City Royals. It's it's now been many years. They're in the process of a rebuild now. But you know, when they won the World Series in 2015 over the Mets, they did it by just putting the ball in play. Yeah, they had a lot of really good hitters as well uh, that batted close to 300. But they were just putting the ball in play and making things happen. And you see the Rockies not doing that right now, and that really being the difference right. in a lot of these close ball games. And you say, shoot, if they really just would have just tried to make something happen. Again, these are professionals that play amazing defense. So it's not as if, you know, you hit a ground ball to the shortstop, you know, he's going to throw it over the first baseman's head. Although that right. did happen tonight when Josh Fuentes <laughs> it, uh, legged out a single it, and they ended got up on one. third base. They got that one. But the bottom line is you just put the ball in the play and good things will happen, especially in Coors Field with a gigantic outfield. And again, if you can have competent starting pitching, and you can just get competent play out of your first base spot, your second base slash center field if, we're, if we don't really have a position for Garrett Hampson. If you can just get, you know, consistency, right, out of those spots. And, and back to Ryan Maltapi is, is, is who we're talking about here. That consistency out of left field, maybe he never hits 20 home runs in a season. Maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe he never hits 35 or 40 doubles in a season. But if he's putting the ball in play, and he's getting on base, most importantly. Again, that kind of consistency is something that has so much incredible value in our game because say what you will about the upside of a guy like David Dahl, 
David Dahl has done little to nothing for this team. And again, not his fault if he's getting injured. And we know that that's a whole other topic that's loaded. But the bottom line is, if you're not healthy and you're not on the field, you are not consistent. You are not a guy who's contributing to that team. And so that is, that's just one of those things I think you have to you know, give a little credit where, where credit is due for Tapia because baseball is a game where you've got to grind out things and you've got issues. And, you know, Nolan said it today before the game that, you know, if this were another season, he might ha- take two games off in a row, maybe three. And he's probably being modest. They might even put him on the 10-day IL and say, you know what, let's let this AC joint uh, issue in your left arm heal up a little bit. It's going to be a long season. We can miss you for these 10 games, but you got to grind it out. He did it last year when he fouled the ball off his foot against Robbie Ray. And you just have to grind, and you got to be there for your team and be on the field. And Raimel Tapia has been doing that for quite some time, and that is something that has a lot of value, especially in a market where it's hard to stay healthy because there's not a lot of oxygen. <laughs> so literally can be difficult to, to stay out there on the field and just, just causing – problems the ultimate pest el congrejo you gotta love it and we and we gotta make one last i'm i run dry <laughs> peeling back the curtain one last toast and actually to a guy who i think would have a beautiful stroke out there on the wgt golf course Ooh. getting down there you know you can download it totally for free at dmvrgolf.com whether you're playing a little uh, closest to the hole or full stroke play, man, on your laptop, on your computer. It's so much fun. You can play at world-famous golf courses, including Pebble Beach, Beth Page Black, St. Andrews, and more. Play against us here in the DNVR staff or in the DNVR community on weekly weekend tournaments. We're having a great deal of fun with it. We've got three different clubhouses open for you. Come and join us. Play a little video game golf, talk some trash, and learn – to get your golf swing together like Elias Diaz of the Colorado Rockies hitting the first home run of the season for himself as a member of the Colorado Rockies, for the Colorado Rockies catching staff, and for the game that needed the score to be swung in the Colorado Rockies' favor uh, for all of our you know, lauding of praise on Antonio Sensatella in the complete game. If he'd pitched a complete game and gave up one run and the Rockies hadn't scored at all, that would have been really depressing and a big fat L. But Diaz comes up with his biggest swing as a member of the Rockies, drives one to left, big home run. Uh, good thing to see out of him, Patrick. I know a lot of people are are clamoring for, for more offense and, and for some kind of production out of that catcher spot. Uh, you and I, I think more than probably anybody else, have, have sung the ultimate praises of Tony Walters behind the dish and, and things he does that can't be measured for this team. But when you see Diaz really providing offense now that they just definitely aren't getting from Drew Butera, which surprises nobody, and really haven't been getting from Tony Walters, which is maybe a little bit of a letdown for people who thought his bat was on the upswing, which, again, includes both of us. You want to see more playing time from Elias Diaz here? Absolutely. You you absolutely want to see that, especially since this is a guy that um, is going to be entering arbitration after this year. So you do control him for uh, – he controls contract for, for a couple years. In fact, I think 
it could even be three more years after this. So think about that. You you got a guy that was just you know released by the Pirates because he had had a down year, had shown a lot of flash, uh, but needed you know to improve his his defensive abilities a lot, and he's in he's in good hands with you know working with both Butera and of course Tony Walters there, and so you know he he did a good job receiving for Senzatella tonight, you know his fellow Venezuelan. No. So you know I, I I wouldn't mind him you know seeing him getting some starts where typically it's been Butera behind the plate. Because you need to know what you've got, because you know he won't be cheap uh, in his first year of arbitration this year. It's not going to be a lot, you know. It, it probably will be, you know, similar to what you know Tony Walters made his yeah. first year in arbitration. Yeah. So maybe only a little over a million, maybe one point five million, whatever it is. But you know, for an organization that's been looking to kind of cut budget here and there, you say, well, we can pick somebody else up for essentially league minimum to be our backup because Tony Walters is our guy going forward. Well. Elias Diaz, you know, might be your guy going forward. Whether that's again, he gets a, a bulk of the starts three out of five days, or it's only two out of five days, or you keep him around and somebody else is going to need a, a an offensive hitting catcher, and you know th- those guys just have have value, and you want to keep right. them around if you can control them. Shoot, we saw it Friday night with Anthony Bemboom of the Angels who. Sure. Played for the Isotopes for two straight years. You know, didn't get the call from the Rockies. It, it it wasn't his time, but he's had he's got a lot of value for the for the Angels right now, who went and, and traded away Jason Castro. Um, so you know, there's there, there's value for for guys like that, and he's got an upside. I think that is really intriguing because it's not just you know a, a backup guy that's competitive. He's got a really you know high ceiling with what he can do offensively. Catchers are. You know, very very finicky with up one year, down the next. Uh, go and look at what Buster Posey has done at the dish over the last five years, and you go, wait a minute, how how do I just think this guy's an immediate first ballot Hall of Famer? He hasn't done anything right. in the last five years. <laughs> right. Yeah, but in in the the era of of what catchers are able to do and how they're they're not starting, you know, and and having five hundred at bats in a season, what Buster Posey has been able to do in a limited amount of time. Of course, he's been injured. Uh, is is obviously very valuable. So what Elias Diaz can do at the plate is huge. And again, Mark Strip matter. Yeah, Nunez said it. A lot of other people in the organization has said it. Mark Strip matter is is a guy that you know came up through the Rockies organization. They saw something that they really liked. Kept him in house. He's worked with the catchers. Did an amazing job transforming Tony Walters from a middle infielder into a catcher. Um, you know they they they've done this with with a lot of their guys. So Warren, of course, uh, their manager down in in, in AAA, uh, has been one of those guys that they've kept in house. So if Strip Matter can work with with Diaz, um, you know, that that can make all the difference in the world. And you say, shoot, we got our number one, we got our number two for next year. Tony, all right, maybe he he backs a little slid a little bit in 2020. If he can kind of rebound, you could have a really uh, solid catching core offensively dare i even say you know right around number 10 like on, on the upside they could be a, a yep. number 10 on the nose uh, if all goes right for tony walters and elias diaz in 2021 but in order for that to happen as you said he needs to get more playing time yep. I, I am gotta, a believer in that gotta see more diaz i i think that's right well to wrap this little two game set up now patrick the rockies get to send harmen marquez to the hill, he's he's looked a lot better the last couple of times out. Uh, really looks like he got that four-game just terrible stretch. 
out of his bones. You, of course, that's what you're hoping. They send him out there against Mike Fires, who's had difficulty keeping runs off the board this year with the 5.06 ERA, but somehow Oakland is seven and two in games that he started. So uh, they've been giving him run support. Uh, Marquez has had his troubles keeping his focus through the ends of innings there, and he's had some um, trouble with the the home run ball. We know. They don't have Chapman in that lineup, but Olsen can run into him. Canna can run into him. Uh, they, they've got some pop in that lineup. But still, by the numbers, this is a game you can really go out there and win and restore some confidence behind this guy we thought was going to be your ace this season who hasn't, but there's no time like the present. And, um, you know, there's a chance to, to right themselves a little bit here. Yeah, even with Chapman um, vacationing in Vail right now, it's not much of a vacation. Not, that, yeah. that just happens to be where he's getting his knee surgery. It's fun As fact. Kenyon Martin years ago in the same spot. Yeah, Random. yeah, that's a, a friend of mine actually had had some surgery done in there too. It's same, the, yeah. hey, when you're when you're the best in the world at what you do, uh, yeah, people will that's come to go. you. Literally, that's great. Yeah. Good on you, dude. Good yep. on you. So. Uh, but yeah, even with even with you know their their MVP is essentially out with, in Matt Chapman, you know the the number that I look at is is the A's win loss record, right? And their their run differential. Like this is a team that should have came to Colorado, swept the Rockies in a, in a two game series, gotten revenge back, and said, hey, I don't know who you thought you were playing back in late July, but you know we're not that team. We we figured a lot of things out, and we're we're much better than that, and, and we see what your right. record is, Colorado. We're going to take two games. It, it is what it is. Your your season was probably already doomed at this point. Um, but lo and behold, Antonio Senzatella comes out. The, the bats do enough at the right time to get a victory. And now I say, Wednesday afternoon, you've already beaten them three times. You are in their heads. You own real estate inside the domes of the Oakland Athletics for Why whatever not? reason. And Why however, they've been able to do it. I think Colorado goes out and gets a W Wednesday afternoon. There you go. You heard it here first, <laughs> I, I, I would assume. Uh, no, I like that. I, I think you're right. And I think there's, again, if, if you're into playing mental games with yourself, and then you can say, hey, look, we've bested one of the best teams in baseball in four games this year, we just took a set from the Dodgers. We're not some team that's incapable of beating the best of the best. Let's go. And you can finish your season out with pride, if nothing else, but certainly on a run and, and make yourself a scary team to play down the stretch. So it'd be huge. It, it, it could be really big. And we'll, we'll be right here. I have all the details for you. Got to make sure that you're following us on all the social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on all kinds of cool merchandise, including shirts, hats, masks. You get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. And if you want, if you want to go to that Nuggets watch party this Friday, you've got to reserve that now. If you're listening to this right now, live or recorded, reserve your spot that will sell out yeah that is your DraftKings pick of the week oh no we're not, we're not <laughs> right sorry right. but that's right. a guarantee that's a lock it is selling out on friday it, it'll be probably selling out on wednesday for yeah. friday but yeah. that's going to be 
nuts. Go Nugs. Exactly. Exactly right. So other than that, of course, all we can do is ask that you continue to remain absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to remain absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.